it Ashley? Are you leading the worship today? Yeah, thank you. How many love the worship? God loves worship because it exalts Him. And yet it says, lift up my eyes. Where does my help come from? From you, creator of heaven and earth. And when His presence touches us, everything changes. Just one touch. Just one touch from God, and you're never the same. Fabulous to hear your testimony. Unbelievable. In a hotel room, one touch, changed forever. Today, God can touch you. Um, Wherever you are, can you just put your hand on your heart? So, Lord, I pray you would touch hearts today. The heart is the wellspring of life. Lord, you say, watch over your heart with all diligence. The greatest thing is to give our hearts to you. Lord, you have my heart. Lord, everything that's in me, I give to you. Lord, help me to walk in the light as you are in the light. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Scripture I'd like to read is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 56. 55 to start with. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? I was stung by five box jellyfish. So it's fascinating to see what God says is the sting of death. Is it cancer? Is it a heart attack? Is it COVID? What is the sting of death? The Bible says the sting of death is an old-fashioned word called sin. How many have got some sin? Anyone? Gosh, holy people. Okay. (laughs) But thanks be to the Lord Jesus Christ who gives us victory. What? Over sin and death. Therefore, beloved... Be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain. What can wash away our sin? So if we know the problem, how many know there's the problem, isn't it? The problem is sin. Not death itself. But the sting of death is the sin. So 1 John chapter 1, and it says in verse 7, We walk in the light as he himself is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. How would you like to have all your sin removed? Not some of it. A clean slate, totally new, fresh start, new beginnings, new life. How can that happen? Nothing but the blood of Jesus can cleanse you as white as snow. And that's true freedom. He has conquered death. He has conquered sin. And he is alive. My wife and I have been married for 33 years. (laughs) I've been traveling and ministering for 40. Um, I'd like my wife to open it up in prayer for us. Um, we've just begun a journey, I think, with an open-ended ticket to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. 
before he returns. How many know he's returning? Anyone quite excited that he's returning? How many can't wait? <laughs> Maranatha, Lord Jesus. He's waiting. So I'm asking my wife to pray. Amen. Lord, nothing and no one compares to you. Nothing and no one. Holy Spirit, thank you. You want to dwell on the inside of us. Jesus, you came that we could come back to the Father. I just pray for the power of your presence to come and settle over each one, even right now. Lord, you would open the eyes of our heart to behold you, to see the greatness and the glory of who you really are. Lord, I pray that you would shift everyone in this room a little bit closer or maybe even a lot closer, <laughs> that we could come right into all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank God for COVID. I've been in second honeymoon for the last few years. <laughs> yeah. I think this is on. Scriptures say that we overcome by the word of our testimony, the blood of the Lamb, and we do not love our life even unto death. How do we become fruitful? The Bible says the seed must fall to the ground and die, and then it bears much fruit. How many like to have eternal fruit and a fruitful life? The cross is the place where we die to ourself and ambition, and all the sin is removed. So I'm going to share my testimony, and um, let's just see if this thing works. We have up the first. Oh, good. Let's see. Does that work? Mm, one, two, three. Technology not working. It is working. Oh, good. Oh, that's even better. So, there's my wife. You've just seen her. There she is. I tell you, I've been honeymoon for I don't know how many years now. Love gets better. Love goes deeper. Come from heaven on earth, Melbourne. No, no. Just a few different pictures of paradise. Do you realize that the new heavens and new earth are better than this? The earth used to look like paradise until mankind destroyed it. This is just near home. God does a lot of better making cathedrals. So where I live, it's called the Mount. Well, in a few months we won't be, but anyhow. We're passing through. How many know we're just passing through? We're just, we're on our route, man. This is just so exciting. Dolphins is, in England, it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Fishing. Shrimps. <laughs> And surf. This is called um, Raglan, and um, in the movie Endless Summer. I saw the movie and thought, I'm sick of winters. How many get sick of Melbourne winters? I thought, I'm out of here, mate. I was, 
Bells, Torquay, wonderful, but I'd just rather be in the tropics and then when it's summer I'll come on down. So, so I travelled for two years surfing around the world. Well, that was when I was younger. And so I began to surf through Australia, up through Indonesia, Bali, Sri Lanka, Mauritius, Reunion, South Africa, Jefferies. I've been two years travelling around the world and I came back to Mauritius having surfed Reunion Island. This is 1982. I'm now... Um, on an outer reef, getting barreled. And the local Rastafarians have said, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> Smoke more hashish. <laughs> I said, well, that's interesting. Right? You know. So I'm hanging out with the Rastas, um, Peter Tosh, Bob Marley and the boys. And um, I'm complete non-Christian. I'm a million miles away from anything religious. I'm surfing. Um, this is the island I'm living on. I'd like to go back there. <laughs> this is what we're diving for. At night we're diving and the crayfish will come out and the crab with diving torches just blowing their eyes. This particular night I went diving and most Australians should know what this is. As I was diving on the outer reef, suddenly in front of me appeared a whole bunch of jellyfish. Cube-shaped, finger-like tentacles, what the heck's that? Reached out with my leather gloves and grabbed it, and sure enough, it was a jellyfish. Unbeknown to a Kiwi, that was called a box jellyfish. I mean, no Kiwis know nothing about snakes, spiders, and all of these things. So I never flipping clue, mate. This was one of the deadliest creatures. Cut a very long story short, I was hit by five box jellyfish across my forearm. My arm went up like Popeye, and it felt like I'd had thousands of volts of electricity. The fishermen saw me, and told me one of them would kill me. They said, Stephanie, allez, allez, vitamin, cut to my hospital. When you see a black Rastafarian turn white, <laughs> it's not good. So they dragged me into the boat, told me to urinate on my arm. They said this would help with the poison. And I got to shore. The young boy took me to shore. I hit the beach of Riviera Noir, stood up and collapsed. The poison was so quick, it had taken out half of my body. Wow. I, I was then dragged up the beach by this young child onto the road, and then he panicked. He said, I need to go back and rescue the other divers. One of them is my brother. I said, no, ambulance, gendarme, telephone. But in 1982, there were no cell phones. There's no mobiles, no internet. So here I am, I'm lying on the side of the road. The kid runs. As I'm lying, I feel very, very tired. The box jellyfish, if you're stung on the throat, you'd mostly be dead in minutes. If you're stung on the extremity, you often had 10 or 15 minutes, slip into a coma and never come out. So I'm slipping into what's called a coma but I am totally unaware how powerful this poison is. As my eyes begin to close, thinking I'm sleeping, I hear an audible voice next to me. The man said, son, if you close your eyes, you will never awake again. Wow. Never heard anything like this. Wow. Uh, people in psychiatric wards, so they hear voices talking to them. But I had no idea, the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. Yeah. But God was speaking to me, and I was a black sheep. Any black sheep sneaking here this morning? Well, I should go down to the local pub and tell them then. So here I am. I am dying, a complete heathen. Why would God talk to a non-believer? Scriptures say that Jesus goes looking for the lost sheep. And God speaks and loves us even while we're sinners. So I've got a loving God who I don't know, 
talking to me, trying to save my life. Had I not heard his voice, I would have died right there on the beach. I stood up. By the time they got me into the, into the ambulance, my entire body had gone through the death rattles. I was completely paralyzed. And as they raced me to the hospital, my life began to flash before me. Small, snowy-headed kid, different sections of my life. I thought, my gosh, this happens before people die. If I died tonight, is there life after death or nothing? Oh, well, I'm, I'm a 26-year-old atheist. No, I believe that when you die, there's nothing out there. I thought, but I'm a gambling atheist. <laughs> and the gambler said, you've been wrong before. How many have been wrong before? How many have heard a few different opinions on what happens when you die? Buddhism, Taoism, humanism, Darwinism, Confucianism. I mean, there's a few, isn't there? And we know that's quite confusing. So I'm lying here thinking, well, I'm not afraid to die. I'll soon find out if there's life after death. I'm not afraid to die. As I'm lying there, unbeknown to me on the other side of the world, one person has just seen my face. She's the only believer in the family. She then hears God say, your outer son Ian is nearly dead. Pray for him now. Do you know why we're here today? Someone prayed for us. Right in front of me appears mum. Praying for me, like this, on her knees in a bedroom. I asked mum about this later, and dad, my father said, yes, mother heard this, had this thing that God had spoken to her and ran to her bedroom and began to pray. Wow. How many mothers know when their children are in trouble and they can be a million miles away? How many men wouldn't have a clue what's going on? <laughs> my dad didn't have a clue what was going on, but he was following mother to the bedroom. Dad went to church, but he wasn't a believer. Mother was a believer, and she was interceding and praying for her son. I saw mum praying for me, and she looked me in the eye, and she said, Ian, no matter how far from God you may be, no matter what you've done wrong in your life, if you've been calling out to God from your heart, God will hear you, and God will forgive you. Oh, forgive me, Mum, it's too late. I don't even believe there's a God. I'd be a hypocrite even praying, having cursed and denied the existence of God. How many know mothers don't listen to all that? Yeah. Mother said, pray, son, he will hear you. I thought, well, which God? I said, God, I don't know who you are. If you are real, show me your face and I will pray. At this stage, I'd seen every God under the sun. Krishna, Vishnu, Kalima, Sahibaba. I mean, I'm thinking, which one? Next minute, no God, just mother. I thought, well, mother's not God. How <laughs> many check that one out? <laughs> I thought, but mother is a Christian and only prays to Jesus. Could mother be right? How many hate it when your mother's right? How many hate it when someone else is right and you're wrong? How many think they're always right? Well, I lay there and I thought, well, mother is such an incredible woman. If there is a Christian on this planet that's true and genuine and not a hypocrite and not a religious nutter, this is the one. Wow. This woman shows the attributes that should be in God should he exist. Wow. Do you realize that people check you out? Yeah. Not interested in how, what you say, it's actually who you are. Yeah. And my mother would be what I call a saint. There were not many left. 
but I was privileged enough to have a praying mum who knew Jesus. We've just buried mum this year. She reached 90 and fell asleep and never came out, just off into glory. I spent the last five years with her. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So mum's praying, I thinking, well, Christian, Jesus stuff, what do you pray? I thought mum taught me the Lord's Prayer when I was a kid. That's Christian. Jesus taught that. Why not? I've got nothing to lose. So I tried to pray it, my mind went blank. How many have had your mind go blank in exams or, you know, senior moments? So I lay there. I said, God, if you do exist, I can't remember the simplest of prayer. Please help me to pray. If you're out there, I can't remember it. Instantly, words appeared. Forgive us our trespasses and sins. Words of light appeared in front of me. The Bible says his word is the lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I thought, this is not the beginning of the prayer. Why is he talking about my sins immediately? I thought, well, how could I say these simple words and almighty God forgive me all of them? I thought, well, I don't exactly have time to list them. (laughs) How many have got a few? How many know it could take you a few days? So I lay there and said, God, shotgun prayer. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I don't know how you can do it, but if you can hear me, please forgive me. Words disappeared. Fresh words, forgive those who've trespassed and sinned against you. I thought, well, that's easy. I'm not a revengeful man. I can forgive anyone. As I said that, two men's faces appeared in front of me. I thought, what the, are they doing here? (laughs) Have you got anyone on your hit list? You might be sitting next to them, I don't know. So I'm looking at these two turkeys, mate. And I got this audible voice saying, will you forgive these men for what they did to you? I said, you must be joking. Why should I? How many have been in touch with your anger? And then I realized the voice I'm hearing is the same voice I heard on the beach, the same voice that had been speaking to me in the ambulance. This, is, this could be God. He's associating with this prayer. How many know it takes a while to join the dots? So I've just joined the dot. I could be talking to God and my unforgiveness and bitterness and anger could literally nullify my prayer. Jesus said, if you don't forgive others, your sins will not be forgiven you. And we know that would save a lot of counselling. So I lay there and said, God, I forgive them. I'll never touch them. I'll never lay my hands upon them. And I realised they were the tip of an iceberg. As their faces disappeared, fresh words came up. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I thought, what does that mean? God's will. I thought, well, I do my own thing. It's my will being done. I'm independent, self-sufficient, proud of it. I've done it my way. Frank Sinatra sang that one, didn't he? How did he work out? So I lay there and I thought, well, I've been doing it my way for quite a few years. To actually admit I'm wrong, humble myself, find out what God's doing in heaven and try and live it on earth will cramp my lifestyle somewhat. So I said, God, I've never surrendered my life to you, but I need a miracle. I don't even know what you're doing in heaven, but if you help me through this experience, I will follow you all the days of my life. I surrender my life to you. How many have heard those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved? He wants Lord and Savior. I had no idea what this meant, but a peace entered my heart as the entire Lord's Prayer appeared in front of me. And this is before Star Wars long time ago in some ancient flipping galaxy. Well, I've got the Lord's Prayer like that in front of me. As I'm praying it, I feel a peace that enters my heart that hasn't left me in 40 years. 
Because Jesus said, I'm the Prince of Peace. Peace I give you, not of this world. Man, I'd look for inner peace. I'd gone down every pathway under the sun. Here, the peace of God flooded me. Christ in you. I thought, I wonder how many men just like me give their heart to Jesus just before they die. Don't you judge anybody. You have no idea who's praying for them. And there's more grace offered to that man in his dying seconds than in his entire lifetime. But don't you dare wait to your last second. That's playing Russian roulette. So I lay there. Everything had gone into slow motion. I'd finished praying. And I believe, it's fascinating, I believe that many people get it in their dying seconds. Suddenly I'm at the accident emergency. Reality of this prayer has just taken place. I'm being raced into the hospital. They're trying to take my blood pressure, no pulse, two machines, no pulse. I'm in what's called a crash mode. I'm so close to death that the doctors are freaking. They're putting dextrose in, but my veins collapsed. They're trying to massage liquid and fluid into my body. It's rolling off their thumb and forefinger. They're trying to hit me with anti-serum. They're talking to me saying, don't close your eyes or you will surely die. I'd heard that back on the beach. I had no strength left. I thought, tonight's the night to stay awake all night. I drank a lot of men under the table in my time. <laughs> so as I lay there, couldn't keep my eyes open, I thought, I must find some strength. I'll have a power nap. I'll close my eyes and then fight this thing. Close my eyes. <laughs> Next minute, the machine's flatlined. And we know that doesn't sound too good. And in a second, I'm out of my body and I am pronounced dead. Now, people say, were well, your heart dead or brain dead? Neurotoxin from the box jellyfish takes the central nervous system out, so when you die, your brain dead on death. Heart attacks can be different drownings. You can keep the actual brain supplied with oxygen, but when a neurotoxin takes out the central cortex, I've done veterinary science as a consultant. I died on the spot and was pronounced clinically brain dead at that point. The trouble was I was still alive. How many of you heard of people looking down at their bodies? pronounced dead. What did Jesus say? I am the resurrection and the life. Those that believe in me, even though they die, yet they shall. King Solomon said, when a man dies, his spirit leaves his body. His body is only ash and dust. How many have noticed that the, the body is just a shell? The person you love is no longer there. To my amazement, I was alive, you're dead. How many that would shock many people? The non-believer will find out, shocking, he's still alive. The spirit is more real than the body. In a split second, I was out of my body and I found myself in complete darkness. I said, did I die? No, I'm alive. They must have had a power cut. Why is it so dark? So I turned around, no light. I thought, well, here's the light switch. Couldn't find a wall. I thought, well, here's my hospital bed. Oh, great, now you've lost your bed, you idiot. <laughs> How many talk to yourself? <laughs> Wonderful conversations. <laughs> I'm thinking, we can't even see your hand in front of your face. Wow. Bring my right hand up to my face, my hand goes straight through my head. Wow. Oh, when that's impossible, you can't miss your head. <laughs> Two hands, both hands straight through. Wow. Whereas my chest, both hands straight through my chest with my hands. Wow. How many have noticed that when people die, their bodies remain here? I thought, how can a man feel he's here, but he can't touch anything? 
They remembered men who had fought in war. My grandfather fought in Gallipoli. Somehow he survived. You watched a man in front of him have shrapnel take off the lower part of his leg, and this man kept running. Grandfather said it was quite extraordinary. He was an RSM. He was watching a man in front of him running with half a leg off. And then the man looked down, and then as soon as he saw half the leg was off, he fell over. And he used to talk to men who had lost limbs in battle, and they'd say they could feel the limb was still there. It was called phantom pain. Let me know that your spirit body is more real than your physical. It's built to live for eternity. It's been created by God. It's the spirit body that has more reality. We have physical death, but there's a spirit. I am now standing here in this darkness thinking, what the heck? Well, I had a few words. What's this place? That's right, first time. Then I had men screaming, shut up. You deserve to be here. You're in hell. I thought, hell? Where's the party? Well, very hard to grab a beer. Very hard to pull a bong. Some of you have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't look so innocent. Where are we? <laughs> pull a few cones. Well, you couldn't even find a flipping, you know, it'd be like smoke pulling bong water, mate. <laughs> so here I am. Can't have sex. So suddenly I realize it's impossible to have sex, drugs, and rock and roll because you have a physical body that's dead and you have a spiritual body that's outside of it. You have all the desires, but you can't fulfill them. So when it says when the worm will not devour the flesh, it's the desires of the wicked, ungenerated heart. It says the fruit of the flesh is immorality, drunkenness, adulteries, licentiousness. These things cannot be fulfilled. So it's a metaphor. It's not maggots trying to eat rotting corpses. Unfulfilled desire. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I'm thinking, where is the boys with the horns, the trident pitchfork, and then putting them on a barbie? Because if it's not a party time, it has to be hellfire and brimstone. Where's the fire? Where's all the demons? And where's all this stuff taking place? Well, how many have heard that death and Hades, which is hell, when Christ returns, will be cast into the lake of fire? How many know that hell's going into the lake of fire, which means hell can't be fire? And when Lucifer goes in it, he's tormented. He's not a happy camper, which means he hates the fire. And he has another whole thing. So here I am. I'm standing in darkness. I'm wondering why they can't touch me. The Bible says, greater is he within me than he's within the world. And just before I died, I prayed a prayer called the Lord's Prayer. In Psalm 23, it says, the Lord's my shepherd. I shall not Want, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of what? Death. Where was I? In the valley of the shadow of deep darkness and death, but I shall fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me. How many like to have the Son of God, Christ in you, walking with you through the valley of the shadow of death? Has he walked there before? Yes, and he took from Lucifer the keys of death and Hades. He has conquered the grave, he has destroyed the power of death, and he holds resurrection life. That should get you excited. Can't touch this. And nothing can separate you from the love of God. Life, death, principality, power. As I'm standing there and the light pierces through, God showed me that what a real hell looks like, complete absence of light. Why there's no fire? God is an all-consuming fire. And fire would give off light. 
Darkness is the absence of light. Acts 26, 18, two kingdoms. Kingdom of darkness ruled by Satan and a kingdom of light ruled by Jesus. But thank God, light shines in the darkness. (laughs) How many can't wait for that light to come down on you? So the next minute the light shone on me. My entire being was enveloped in light and I was caught up into the radiance. As I'm being drawn up, I can see far above me a passageway between darkness and light. Jesus said, small and narrow is the way that leads to the kingdom of God. Few find it. He says, there's no other way but me. I am the way. I am the truth. He said, it's narrow. I'm moving at the speed of light towards the source of a kingdom of light at at the far end. In surfing, the closest natural experience in this world has been in the tube. That's why men get hooked on it. It's addictive. It's worse than drugs. I am now moving at the speed of light through a tunnel of light towards the source. Waves of light come up. I feel comfort, a living emotion. I feel incredible peace. I feel amazing joy. What is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Comfort, peace, joy. Taste and see that the Lord's good. I turned my head to the right and I could see my hands were no longer bone and flesh, but transparent. It says in the Twinkle of an eye, we shall be changed. Yeah. Mortality will take on immortality. First the natural, then the heavenly. First the earthly, then the spiritual. We're sons and daughters of light. Yes. I could now see why my hand went through my face. I could now see why men who could feel it will now see it. Sons and daughters of light. Yes. <laughs> I came further down. I came out of the tunnel of light into a kingdom of light. The tunnel made it look very small. When I came out of the tunnel, I came into an enormity. It seemed as though all the galaxies, constellations, star systems in the universe must find their energy and power from this light. I thought, what is that? Is there something in there? Or is this some innate power in the cosmos? As I stood there, a man in the center of the light talked to me. Well, there we are. There's someone in there. He said, Ian, do you wish to return? I thought, return where? I looked back and here is a tunnel going back into hell. I thought, darkness, hospital bed. Man, am I out of my body talking to a being of light who knows my name and wants to see if I want to go back into it? Or am I lying comatized in a hospital bed with endorphins, starvation of oxygen, and tripping out of my skull? It's one or the other. Either this is happening in the head and I'm just off my face. Or am I actually dead talking to someone? I had no idea they'd move my body into the morgue. And we know that doesn't look like near death. I mean, that doesn't look like starvation of oxygen. Some of you are not sure. You're looking at me. I'm checking you out too. (laughs) So I'm staring and looking at a being of light that's in there, but I can't see him. But the radiance around him seems to fill the universe. How many have heard that the glory around the Lord is so bright you won't need the light of the sun, the moon, or the stars? How many of that's a little bit different from this little light of mine? I said, (laughs) if I'm dead, I wish to go back into my body. He said, Ian, if you return, you must see in a new light. I thought, light, see the light. Enlightenment, are you the true light? He instantly responded and said, Ian, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Well, that just blew Eastern yin and yang stuff out the window. 
the circle of life, light and darkness equal and opposite. He just said, no, no, there's no darkness. I'm completely separated. There's no shadow or shifting, nothing. I'm standing here going, whoa, I've just come from darkness. They call it hell. I thought that was a religious trip to scare people, that all religions were based on fear, but I've just been there. I'm now in a light, but I can't see any darkness. So I look behind me. How many know I've got shadows all around me right now? But I could see no shadow. Why? Because my body has no physical. It was this being of light, transparent, and the radiance of his presence shined through and cast no shadow. That's why the Bible is the only one on all the religious books. You can look at the Vedic, the Sanskrit, the Bhagavata, the, the Quran. You will not find anything but this book that tells you that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. So I am blown away. I was also into all this Eastern astral travel, you know, mystic rubbish. I suddenly got set free. And then I realized if that's God, I'm in serious trouble. He knows my name. Everything's transparent before him. He must see everything I've done. How many feel a little bit uncomfortable? You've just made it in by the skin of your teeth. <laughs> I thought, well, someone's pressed the wrong button. They'll beam the wrong boy up. Wait until they find out. If they only knew, they would be chucking them back now. So I thought I might as well judge myself now and sneak under and crawl under some rock and go back to hell where I belong. No use coming in here and then being biffed out later. Wow. Why have a little taster and then never, never enjoy it? So I self-judged. Bible says men hate coming to the light, lest their evil deeds be exposed. So I began moving back. Waves of radiance came. And as the waves of light hit me, pure love. Incredible forgiveness, extraordinary acceptance. I said, but God, I've cursed you, I've broken your commandments. More love, I began telling him my sins. How many have got a few sins to say? Yeah. Every sin I told him, his response was love. Then he stopped and said, Ian, in that ambulance when you prayed, I didn't forgive some of your sins. I forgave all of them. Wow. I mean, that would make your heart break. And I wept. I thought, you amazing grace, you've actually forgiven all and you accept me, though my sins be scarlet red, he'll wash them as white as snow. What he had done in that ambulance was absolutely true. He had cleansed my darkened spirit of all the evil, all the filth, all the sin and washed it in a second. That is called the grace of God by which we are saved. I wasn't baptised in water. I wasn't baptised in the Holy Spirit. I was baptised in the blood of Jesus, which had washed me and cleansed me, saved by grace. You think the guy on the cross that said today, Jesus said the day you'll be with me in paradise, was he baptised? Nope. He was saved by grace. Some of you are nodding. Gosh, I am, hope you're not falling asleep. So I'm standing here. The power of God's hitting me. I'm weeping like a little boy. I feel the light. How many know we're vessels? I felt liquid light fill me, liquid love. I could feel my vessel being physically filled up and I felt all the shame, all the guilt washed off. I opened my eyes and I was encased in pure light, pure love. Then I realized that the light around me was like a, a firefly, a glowworm in comparison to the glory. Bible says all men fall short of the glory. I'm standing in the outer court being transformed by his glory, but I am literally like this. I said, God, if you love me so much, could I see you face to face? How many have heard the veil's been torn into the Holy of Holies? So I walked forward into this light, absorbed into it, and I could feel the light healing my broken heart. As I went deeper into the light, I began to weep even more, but not because I was sad, but because I was being healed. 
I thought, what's this? Spirit of the Lord's upon Jesus to heal the broken heart. <laughs> How would you like to have your broken heart absolutely healed, transformed, and given you a clean new heart? I had never felt this kind of love. Suddenly it opened, standing in front of me, I knew it was God. Trouble as I turned away, the brightness was so intense. As I looked back, I realized the light had not taken my face out. <laughs> I could see the radiance was coming out of his face. I was looking upon a man with hands reached out, pure white robes down to his ankles. He was like he had clothed himself in garments of light. And his hair, to my amazement, was long and pure white down to his shoulders. I thought, that's Jesus, but he's got white hair. That ain't Jesus. I don't know what that is, but that's God. Because I had no reference from the Bible to say that Jesus has hair white like wool like snow. I had no reference from Revelations 1, 13 to 18. I had no reference from Daniel chapter 7. The Ancient of Days, the Father, has a vesture and his hair is white like wool like snow. I'm looking upon a person who has the, the form of a man, arms of love, but the face of God. As I looked, I could see it was as though galaxies, constellations, star systems were in his face. Wow. It's like eternity within eternity. The face of God, the former man. How many know that Jesus took on the former man? Yeah. Although he existed in the former God. He was God. Yeah. I'm blown out. I realize if he spoke, galaxies, constellations would come into existence. This is better than any Marvel movie, trust me. His eyes are a flame of fire. He holds the keys of death and Hades. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He was dead once on a cross, but he is alive forevermore. I walked closer towards him. Radiance flowed out. Absolute purity. The next wave of light, total holiness. How many like to be holy and pure? Well, he is. <laughs> you have to come in within the veil to be given that holiness and purity. I then stood right up in front of him, and it's very hard to find any artist that got anything that even looks like Jesus because they all have him looking like a Jew with brown hair. But thank God he's risen. He's no longer dead. I walked right up looking, trying to see him face to face. He wouldn't permit me to see his face. I believe had I seen the face unveiled of Jesus, I would not be talking to you now because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Like Moses said, you can see my form and glory, but my face you're not permitted to, lest you die. But in Revelations 22, we will see him face to face. But you would, I'd have had to stay there. Does that make sense? So he has a purpose for me. He is showing me eternity. The Bible says he is the door of life. And those who come into him should go in and out and find green pastures. Directly behind him, I see the same shape, a door into eternity. Instead of actually seeing clouds, Morgan Freeman and Pearly Gates... And fat little babies firing arrows. <laughs> I see a totally new planet, untouched earth, nothing of humanity. I'm going, what the heck is that? I was in to save the earth, save the whale, save the planet. God said, don't worry, I've created a new one. I make all things new. I go and prepare a place for you. John actually said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. How many can't wait for that one? It's the best matrix you've ever seen. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. This kingdom will pass away. This earth will pass away in fire. But I have created all things new. And the new Jerusalem will come out of the new heavens onto the new earth. And we will see him face to face. So don't wait for him to re-terraform this thing. You're wasting your time. Heresy, that teaching. Anyhow, I'm going to move on. So I'm standing here looking at a new earth, a new, new heaven above, a river of life. 
Jesus is standing there. He comes back in front of me. I said, Ian, I'm seeing, oh, well, I'm seeing flowers. I'm seeing mountains. I'm seeing rivers. I am seeing, un- this is actually home. <laughs> Anyhow. Jesus then steps back in front. The door into eternity closes. I've just had a glimpse. He said, Ian, now do you want to remain or return? I said, remain. Anyone who's seen this doesn't want to come back. I said, I have nothing to return for. No one loves me. Nothing to go back for. I've got no children or none that I know of. I go, I want to just come in here. See, God knows the whole lot. I look back to say goodbye, cruel world, and who does God show me? Mum. I saw her and I thought, would she know I prayed? I thought, maybe I could go into heaven and get an angel to send a message down to her. I thought, that's risky. <laughs> Men are always scamming, trying to figure out the shortcut. I thought, no, my mother, she's such a beautiful woman. She'll be devastated thinking her, her doped-out heathen son went to hell. Who would tell her that I made it? No one. I thought I've lived such a selfish life. What I should do is go back and tell her what she believes in is real. I just didn't realize it was 40 years. <laughs> I thought it would be quicker. Come. Next minute, the Lord speaks to me. He said, Ian, when you return, you must see things in a new light from an eternal heavenly perspective. I see my dad appear who's not saved. I see my brother and my sister are not saved. I see then hundreds of thousands of people appear. And I said, who are they? Jesus said, I want you to go back and tell them what you've seen. Most won't come into a church any longer to, to hear my name. I said, but God, I don't know them. I don't love them. I truly love my mum. I can go back for her. He said, Ian, I love them. I desire all of them to come to know me. Wow. Do you realise the love of God's bigger than your love? But there's a great exchange. When you give your heart to Him, amazing if you love someone, you give them your heart. What's exciting when you give your heart to Jesus, He gives His heart to you. That's a great exchange, isn't it? <laughs> He'll then give you an eternal perspective. He will give you a heart that can save the world. He'll give you a heart of compassion to love everyone, no matter how unlovable they are. <laughs> you can see through the eyes of eternity. That's a great exchange. Some of you haven't given your heart. You've given 10%. You're just tithing it. Next minute, I said, God, how do we go back down the tunnel, back into my body? He said, tilt your head, open your eye and see. Instantly, I was back in my body on a slab in a morgue with doctor with a scalpel pricking my foot like a dead piece of meat. This poor doctor went through the ceiling as his corpse opened its eye and looked at him. I freaked out because I'm thinking, was that real? Did that just happen? I turned my head. The nurses freak out and run. And I'm going, well, that ain't a coma. You don't have nurses flipping running. What the heck am I doing on the slab? Doctor drops my foot and said, you've been dead 15 to 20 minutes. We've done nothing to bring you back. And I said, God, if that's true, three minutes, I'll never walk. I need another miracle. Please heal me. Power went through me like electricity with the next three hours completely healed. So God doesn't just actually save you. He actually can heal you. (laughs) Body, soul, and spirit, complete and entire. And although this mortal body will eventually pass away, no matter how many miracles you get, we get a new one. That's even better. Yeah. Trade the old one in. Better than a rebore. <laughs> I walked out of the hospital. A fisherman thought I was a ghost, come back from the dead, flew back to New Zealand. Demons are appearing, angels are appearing. I said, what is this? He said, deliver us from evil. It's power in the name of Jesus. I said, what, what, what am I? He said, you're a reborn Christian. I said, I've never heard of it. He said, you must be born again. In the ambulance, when you prayed the prayer from your heart, you were born again. 
I said, what am I going to do now? He said, read a Bible. I said, I don't have one. He said, your daddy's got one. Asked my dad for a Bible. Within six weeks, read it. As I read it, I saw Jesus did die, but he didn't stay dead. The stone rolled away three days later. They ran in there. And what had happened, the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit had come and actually resurrection power had raised Christ from the dead. He's no longer dead. Years later, I walked into that same tomb in Jerusalem and I walked into the place of the skull. And like every dumb Christian, I looked around to see something. I thought, there's nothing here. Turned around and here on the door of the actual entrance of the, of the tomb, he's no longer here, he's risen. I thought, that's true. There's nothing here, thank God. I'd been to Katharagama. I had been to uh, up into Kandy and seen Buddha in the Temple of the Tooth. That was a man. Can't find any bones of Jesus. He's no longer here. So I then saw Jesus was up there glorified, praying for everybody, and it says he's coming back again (laughs) on a white horse. I've tried to do it within the time limit, but I always blow it. (laughs) It's on YouTube. Jesus said, freely receive, freely give. Don't sell the thing. Give the thing away. Haven't made a cent off off my testimony. And God, we still live out of Vinnie the Pauls. God wants to save the world. This world is passing away. Jesus didn't come to judge it. He came to save it. Are you saved? Are you born again? Have you had your sins forgiven? Have you truly in your heart of hearts actually humbled yourself and said, God, forgive me, cleanse me? My wife did this as a small child. She never turned away, never went into sex, drugs, and rock and roll. She's a rarity. Then Jesus said, you must forgive others. This is more difficult. Those who have abused you, those who have um, trashed you, God said, forgive them. When he got crucified, what did he do? Father, forgive them. He wasn't saying what they did was right. What he was doing was allowing, when we say, God, I forgive them, allowing the Lord now to heal your broken heart. Forgiveness isn't condoning it. Forgiveness is releasing you from the bondage of hatred and being a victim all your life. And unforgiveness and bitterness is worse than cancer. It will eat you up and kill you from the inside out. The third thing is lordship. Every knee shall bow. So God is always looking for humility. He said, if you humble yourself, he will exalt you. Jesus humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. Even though he was God, he took death, sickness, curses and disease on that cross. Satan thought he had won. Thank God. He lost. Jesus descended into Hades, took it back, the keys of death, and said, I am the resurrection and the life. From now on, believe in me, you have eternal life. So if you'd like to pray, I'd like you just to bow your head. And deep in your spirit, I know I feel a little bit rushed, but I pray that the prayer that you make will be from your heart. And if you can pray out loud with me and make it your prayer, I know that Jesus can come into you right where you're seated. So you're welcome to join me in prayer out loud these words. Lord Jesus Christ, I humble myself and ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus, take away my sins. Cleanse me as white as snow. Wash me with your precious blood. 
set me free. And I forgive others, all those who have sinned against me. And I give my life to you. I give you my heart, all that I am, I surrender. Be my personal Lord and Savior. Come into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I need your love. I need you. I pray this sincerely from my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. The heads bowed and eyes closed. You may not have had the exact words, but in your heart you said, I want to know Jesus. I want to have a relationship. I want to be forgiven. And if you've prayed that for either first time or recommitment, could you put your right hand on your heart? Somehow you've gone, yeah, I can agree with that. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is Lord. I want him to be my Lord. If this is the first time of recommitment, without anyone looking around, could you lift your left hand to heaven and say, Lord, that's me. Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, touch hearts, touch lives by your spirit. Draw them by your mercy to come into your arms of love. Pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. How many people here are born again? How many love the Lord? How many actually are totally surrendered to Christ? Hallelujah. The large number of you. It's good to preach to the converted, but God said, go into all the world and preach to the lost. I pray somehow this would put some fire in your heart to go and take the good news out of the confines of the church to your neighbours, to your friends, to your workplace. And I pray, Lord, you'd give them the courage and the boldness of the Spirit to do this. So thank you for listening to me. God bless you. And may his presence and countenance shine upon you all the days of your life. We're in precious days, aren't we? We're in precious days. Thank you, Ebony. Thank you, Pastor.